Hello, and welcome to Local Legacies, the show where we go behind the scenes with enterprising individuals who are striving for the best in their business, family, community, and themselves. I'm your host, Tim Lanza, and without further ado, here's this week's guest. All right, in the studio with us today, I've got Erica Grinkus, owner of the Gas Bar Sports Grill and Central Cup. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm obviously excited to have you in here. We've known each other for quite a while and had a lot of conversations about business and about life. So would love to kind of let a couple other people in on those conversations. Okay. So starting off, um, you know, before Gaz was even at least not, not in existence, but maybe when it was starting to become a thought, where were you at? Um, so originally I started bartending in, um, actually working in a kitchen at Paisano's. I worked there for about like six years. Um, actually didn't want to do it at all. One of my friends recruited me to work there. Um, previously to that, I worked at Il Camino and just said, I didn't want to work with food anymore. Same here. Il Camino. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think everyone worked there. Um, but so I was doing that and kind of got like bullied back into the food industry, um, ended up really liking it, meeting so many people, loved it, thought, you know, someday I wanted my own sports bar, just sports bar. That, that was my goal. Um, my parents would go to eat at Lydio's all the time. I'd go with them, whatever. One day we're there. They say it's for sale. I'm young. I'm like 27 maybe. And I'm thinking like, oh, well, this is too big. This isn't, this isn't for me, but you know, thinking like, let's just talk. So we talked to the owners, my dad, we, we have like a meeting together and figure out that maybe this could be a possibility. So we kind of ended up, I guess, originally thinking, oh, we'll just keep it the same. We don't have the money really right now. So we'll just keep it an Italian restaurant until we get enough money to do really what I want to do. And then looking back, I just said, I don't want to do something if it's not what I want to do. So we, me and my dad sat down, came up with some ideas, um, went to a few banks, got denied, got denied, got denied. Like nobody wants to give a 27-year-old money, especially for a restaurant. So um, in the end, my father ended up loaning me the money, um, in which I did pay him back. I'm still paying him back. Probably will be paying him back for a while. But um, thankfully loaned me the money to do what I wanted to do. Now, like it wasn't like butterflies and rainbows. I didn't get to do everything I wanted. We did all the renovations ourselves. Me and my mom rented sanders. We had painted, we did whatever we could ourselves. And then now here we are today. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I guess talk a little bit, you touched on going to banks. What was that like? Um, it was like laughable honestly like nobody everyone said that too they were like restaurant no nobody's gonna talk to you no one's even gonna like entertain the thought of loaning you money especially your age and especially like the risk in the restaurant business because apparently a ton of them fail like within the first they said you need three to five years experience in the industry before they'll even think about giving you money and they're talking ownership, obviously, experience as an yes. owner of a restaurant. Yeah, or like some kind of like money buildup or however, but it's the number one failed business, I think. 
um, or what they basically portrayed, say it's too much of a risk for them to take on because they think they'll lose, basically. Well, and you've had obviously a lot of success, and I think we can talk about some of the things that contributed to that. But if you look around at restaurants, especially with everything that just happened with COVID, you know, restaurants tend to come and go quickly. They do. They do. And uh, I'm very fortunate for that not happening to me, but I feel that it didn't because we remained consistent. We did the whole thing. Like we, whatever they told us we could do, we did it. We didn't ask questions. We just did what they said within the regulations that were given and never, I guess, looked back, even though it was, you know, a huge risk. Like, should we do takeout every day? Should we not do it on Mondays? Should we do it you know, three days a week. Should we do it till nine? Should we do it till eight? We just went like balls to the walls and hope for the best. And it fortunately worked out for us. Right. And I think you started, you know, okay, so you've got some experience working in a sports bar, going from that to opening your own sports bar. How much in retrospect, did you really know? Like how much were you really prepared for? Oh, I wasn't prepared, and that's the honest truth. Um, Paisano's is a smaller place, maybe like 26 people capacity. Gasbar is 146, and that's just what the paper says. You know, like that doesn't say how many people are in there at a given time. So originally thought, oh, we need one server and one bartender. We'll be fine. No. Also, oh, every other table... You just take that table. You take this table. Didn't work like that. Like once we figured out a system, like uh, sections, like you have tables five through ten, you have tables whatever ten through twenty, much better. Right, and you, you know, you, like you were just talking about COVID and not knowing how do you know should we stay open until then? You just kind of start doing it. Right. And you figure out, and as this, as you start to figure it out, you put the systems and processes in place, and then you're able to scale. Yeah, and. You know, I I never really believed in the keep doing it to, like, the consistency factor and see if it works. And actually somebody that kind of made me try that is Matt Majikas because he wanted me to do trivia for a very long time, and I was very against it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do trivia here. No one's going to come, like the whole nine yards. And then he said, let's just try it for, you know, three months. And I said, okay, fine. So we tried it for three months. Eh, we had like some people, not a ton. We tried it for a year and it's one of our busiest nights now. And currently it's on a Monday and now Monday is one of our busiest nights. And so it, you just have to stick with something and, you know, people know about it. They come back. They, people are creatures of habit and I'm not. Like, I don't think I'm actually a creature of habit because I, I like to change things up, but it seems like the majority of people like the same thing all the time. And that's good for us. Well, and I think that you've had, you know, you've got consistency with your food, consistency of quality of service, but you also change you know, your offerings. You've, you make improvements to the property or, to, you know, to the inside of the building and the outside as well. You know, you've got the patio out back, your maybe your 
not being a creature of habit is what allows that like those slight changes to happen while everyone's kind of like running the show for you yeah. as far as on a day to day. Yeah, totally. And that's it's like big for me because like I come from a family that would always entertain. People were always at our house. We were always putting on parties. We were, you know, and like certain factors were important. Like are the appetizer is out, are the food is the food out, is the napkins, is the this that whatever the other thing, and that portrays into the business like we're uh, we're essentially entertaining every day. We want guests to come in. We want them to feel comfortable. We want them to feel like they're you know, important. What would you like? Can I get you something? And like, it, it basically, my family life turned into my current life. And I feel like that's very important. And, you know, even in home, it was like, oh, this table is getting old. We need a new one. Or we need this, like, because you got to keep it fresh. Like, m new people are coming over. We want it to look nice. We want people to have fun here. We, we don't want them to leave. Right. You know, and like, those things are important to me even at home when you, when we have guests over like I want it to be an enjoyable relaxing time which is the same thing I like to portray in my business and over time you've built a regular customer base that basically feels like a family I think to the people that work there you know they're there multiple times a week you know, my family is there <laughs> multiple times a week both my brother and I working and my parents going in as well as other people you know people just love it. And like you said, that consistency, you know, if it's say it's trivia and every Monday we go like, that's, that's what we do is we go to, we go to Gaz for trivia and we love it and we love Matt and you know, people like that. Yeah. And that's just a very, I feel like that's something that sticks out. Um, and not saying that other people don't have their little thing either, but that's what we, I guess, thrive on. Like I, that's what I want us to be known for is that like personal relationship like oh I want to go see that server I want to go see that bartender I, I want to go to the trivia night because I like the host like I like building relationships and I like how it's sustainable right and now things it would be easy to look now as it usually is once um, time has gone by and say like oh wow everything's great there like this is so awesome you had alluded to the fact that it wasn't all butterflies and rainbows. What were some of the struggles you had throughout building Gaz to what it is now? Um, through the beginning, it was um, very rough. Like, staffing is the hardest part of the game. You need to find people that care. You need to find people that want to be there. And that's the hardest part. Once you find those people, it's amazing. But... Um, there was a lot of like ups and downs with, you know, me personally, I didn't know how to run a kitchen. I don't, I don't know the kitchen aspect. I, like I said, I wanted a sports bar. I didn't necessarily want a restaurant. So that part, I was really looking for somebody that could, you know, run that aspect for me. And, you know, th there were people that could, but there were, we didn't necessarily match. Like it didn't work out, um, the best and now um it's like funny because you're almost at the point of like I can't do this anymore I haven't found like the match it, where it's and you get so stressed out because it's it's not like the business closes so it's not like you have a day to like reflect it's like it's still operating the next day and you still have to find out like what am I going to do today like is anyone going to be there are we going to find this person and then you know everything somehow like 
finds its way and everything happens for a reason. You find the right person, you, you click, you just, things start working. And I'm so thankful because I found somebody that cares as much as I do, somebody that cares sometimes more than I do. And it's amazing. Like I wouldn't, I honestly don't know how, how long I would do it if it wasn't for finding the right people. And those people have been not only on the kitchen side, but also on the bar and restaurant side. Yes. So you, you know, like you said, you don't, you didn't know the kitchen. You obviously knew the bar, but you know, you're not bartending right now. So how were you able to move away from that? Uh, in the beginning, I, I tried to work all the jobs. I worked in the kitchen. I worked, I, I still to this day offer to help in the kitchen. They say no, but I do offer. Um, but I tried to learn every job and I did every job. I even had my husband like bar backing on some shifts. I just said, we need to like know everything because you never know what's going to happen. Um, in the front of the house is just as, as important as the back of the house because we're the face, like that's who they see first. Um, and those people are super important too. And the same thing, like finding those people, essentially every one of those people is the face for me. Um, and I'm also blessed, like very blessed with that. A lot of the people have been there since day one and are hardcore, like wonderful people. They don't care, um, like if they say something that hurts my feelings or like, you know, they're just giving me feedback, but that's what I need. Like, because that's how we get better, you know? And like they see something and maybe they don't want to bring it to my attention because they feel like, oh, it's uncomfortable or I don't want to make her upset. But those are the things that help us. Those are the things that make us better. Right. There's honesty and clear communication. And I think a level of safety that you've built where if someone's going to come to you with a problem or come to you with something you're going to, you know, listen and process it. And then if it makes sense, either make a change or do something about it. Right. Um, with the people you have working there, what have you done? You know, they're extremely, extremely loyal to you. Why is that? I think there's been a lot of, um, well, for one, they've always been loyal to me. And in the same sense, I've always been that person to be there for them. And um, I made it very apparent that my door is always wide open. It doesn't mean that it's wide open for, you know, because the ranch wasn't filled last night. <laughs> it's like it's open because I care about you. Like if you have something going on, please come talk to me. Like let me help you figure it out. Let me be the ear. Let me be your advice if I can be. Like if it's something I can help you with, I'm here for you. And a few people have taken me up on that and and I've been able to you know help people in a way that I've always wanted to like opening a business to me was more for being there for people helping people making people's lives better like in any sort of the way like back in the day I was like I want to be a psychiatrist or I just want to help people with their problems and then someone said to me well will you go home with their problems at night and I said yeah, I would because I still do that now, but on a lower scale because the problems are not as big as maybe a psychiatrist would deal with. But I sincerely care about all these people and I want to make things better. So I'm like constantly thinking about them. How are they doing? Like, and that's 
made us basically all have a really good, tight, family-like relationship that's very important to me. I think, you know, to me, that's very clear. I've worked in a lot of restaurants. I've worked in the restaurant industry my entire life, and you do a particularly good job of being, you know, like really connected to every single person and having your own unique relationship with them to make sure things are going uh, as you want them to be. And I think, you know, you made a comment earlier about the front of the house people, how they are representing you. Once again, I worked in the restaurant industry for so long, but after owning or being involved with my dad's business, basically, and being part owner and constantly thinking about the way I'm representing him and our business, I think that the people at Gaz do a very good job you know, for the most part, obviously there's hiccups here and there, but of representing you and of creating that family atmosphere, that consistency that you're looking for. And I think that people think about that if they're dealing with something, they think like, what would Erica want here? Because they know that you care about them. Yeah. And there's certain times where like, you know, they don't know the right answer and they'll call me or text me and whatever and think they're bothering me. And honestly, I'm like, this is never a bother. Like I'm actually flattered and honored that you thought let me ask like what I should do like those are that that's where I'm at right now in the business like I want to be that person I hope I'm still that person I never want to be disconnected and like there's times where you know I'm not on the schedule a lot and there's times where I don't hear anything and I feel disconnected and I don't I don't want that but at the same time like I guess that's the goal for everyone to like be able to you know own a business and you know go about their life and whatever but honestly, like, I live for that. Like, that's what I want to do. So it's not work. That's not work for me. That's like, yay, they want to talk to me. Like, I'm happy. Right. You know, I, uh, a restaurant I worked in in Salem, honestly, probably one of the one of the best restaurant owners that I worked for, just best bosses in general. He had an extremely, extremely successful restaurant, and he ended up selling it. I don't I won't say when it was in the height, but it you know, because it continued to grow. But he said he walked in one day and there was two people working. He didn't know who they were. And he was like, this isn't what I want. You know, and he sold it, ended up opening a smaller restaurant, built that up, sold it, opened a smaller restaurant now that he just reopened. So I think that your ability to stay directly connected with people creates like a richer experience for everyone involved. Yeah, COVID kind of like ruined that for me a little bit because I wasn't there as much. Like having kids that weren't in school for some of the time was a little bit different schedule and there was a time where I'm like who is this person and I was like nope like you know and um I actually pulled one of them aside one day and I was like can we go outside and talk because I'm like I don't know you and I feel like you didn't get the experience here like I I feel like you're disconnected right and um ended up having like a great conversation getting to know the person and I wish I could have that with like every employee because I don't I don't like that. I don't like even going to visit my own restaurant, like with my family and being like, oh, who's that person? Like, like, that's not me. Right. So um, I think it's very important to stay connected. And so, you you know, you start off, you are just kind of, I guess, scrambling for a while. You know, you start to get the systems in place. You get the right people in place. You've got people you can trust and you can start looking at higher level things with the business. Like, you know, they say working on your business instead of in your business. And, 
you decide I'm going to open a coffee shop <laughs> cupcakery. So tell me a little bit about that decision. Yeah, so um, so that just decision started with a actual drinks after work conversation. Um, and my kitchen manager there, Lexi, had been providing desserts for Gaspar that were amazing and people were loving them. And there was this, an open vacancy across the street and it just was open for like a year. And it just si seemed so easy to be like, oh, wouldn't that be great? Like just put a bakery like right there and then we'd provide the desserts and you know, the whole thing was just flowing because we had a few drinks. And so I pitched the idea to the landlord who also same landlord as Gaspar loves the idea literally is like, let's open it tomorrow. Whoa, calm down. Um, but okay, we took the fast trade on that and we did it. And I, I don't know, um, Lexi basically handles mostly everything over there right now. I mean, I work there um, a few times a week, but for the most part, that business just kind of developed from, you know, an idea to a, we can do this. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't put much like, yeah, I didn't put many numbers down. I just thought like, this is a great idea, let's do it. And, you know, it did struggle for a little bit. Like I took a lot of money out of my current business to try to get this one started. But where we're at now is like such a good place. And like people say, like three to five years, we're going on the third year almost. And, and we're getting there, we're getting to the point of like, you know, the goodness, like this is why you do it. And again, like the three of us work there. So it's, it's a lot, but it's, it's amazing. It's really nice. And, you know, I almost makes me think back to uh, the bank conversations when no one would even look at you. And then fast forward to you've got this successful restaurant and now more, more and more doors open. Like once you've got a, you've proven, hey, look, I can do this. People start looking at you as like, yeah, that's a good idea versus if you're just at the beginning and maybe people aren't as uh, excited about your ideas because oh, you know, yeah. they just don't see it. Yeah. Second business. Nobody questioned anything. It was like, yep, we'll help you do this. We'll help you do that. We'll set up your bank account. We'll literally, we'll walk you right through it, um, which is great. Um, but, you know, like any business, like when, when you open the door, everything seems amazing. But, you know, it's so much work. It's so much hard work that so much loss at first and just trying to get the customers. We were thankful because we got a lot of Gasbar customers and we got a lot of family and friends to like support us. But it's just a different animal. Like it's not the Gasbar, it's not beer and burgers and steaks. It's, you know, coffee and muffins and cupcakes, which is like a different margin altogether, which initially I didn't really consider at first. Um, but the best thing about it is, is that now where we're at, it's worth it. And like at the time, just like anything at the time, when you first do something, you're always hesitant, like, well, should I have done this? Oh, this is a mistake. But then you, you push through and you freaking work hard. And then you get to the point where you're like, wow, look at this. And you look back at everything that you did. And it's like amazing just to see how much you grew. And 
I don't know. I don't regret any of it. Right. And it, it seems, you know, like, uh, you know, let's go back to the conversation of with you and Lex after work. And it seems like, oh, it's, you know, it's so such a similar business and we just roll in and we'll do this. And then when reality sets in this, all these differences, but you've already gone through this experience with Gasbar of, well, we just got to figure it out. Yeah. So just keep putting one foot in front of the other going forward as a problem arises, we deal with it and we're going to grow and build, you know, put the systems in place and you've got great people working over there as well. Yeah. We always, we always t joke about it too. We're like, remember when in the beginning, when we had, you know, whatever in the case and we were freaking out and like, how, how can we do this? How do we don't have enough? And now it's like total opposite. It's like insane. It's like the amount of that, we, that we, she makes every week is double and you know the orders that come in it's crazy and then now we have the smoothies and we have the bowls and we have coffee and it's just like complete like it's crazy but it's awesome because that's that was the goal we just didn't know like at the time we were like oh this is great this is okay and then now it's like whoa this is amazing but you know it takes definitely takes a lot of work to get there and you know, I can't really take credit for any of the baking because, uh, you know, I did a few scones in my day, but like really I'm out of the kitchen now. So uh, Lexi and Sean really take that. Your help's also not wanted the kitchen at the bakery. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know that sounds like a theme, but like it's really not true. I'm actually good at the cooking. Alejandro well, will vouch for me. I'll, I'll see about that. <laughs> So you've got these now two, one, you know, extremely successful and one growing business venture in the food service industry and COVID hits. So what was that like from your perspective as, you know, as the owner of these two establishments? Uh, initially, I was uh, very panicky at home when that happened. Um, did a few cries, I think. Um, just thought like, I guess how everybody else thought, like, I can't, I'm not alone in this, but everyone was like, oh my, what's going to happen? And so I did a lot of like thinking, questioning, what should we do? There was so many, like I asked advice of even employees, like what would you do if you were me kind of thing? Um, because it seemed like at that point, like nobody knew the right answer or the answer. So um, I guess we just decided like, let's just do whatever they tell us to do. And so Gasbar did that, uh, central cup. Um, we ended up closing for a few months, um, which was the right move. Like we had to do that, um, to stay alive. But with Gasbar, it, it was very dicey even in the beginning, but I had the people that would, were able to go in that were able that wanted to work. So, you know, how can I say no to that? Right. You know, it would have been a different story if there were people that said, I'm not coming to work. I, I, I'm scared of the virus. I don't want to work. You know, then I would have been kind of stuck. But, um, you know, I had people that were willing to do whatever it took. And I'm very thankful for that. Well, and I think something that people don't realize, like you said, everyone was going through this. You know, everyone had to deal with it in their own way. And I remember a conversation with another employee at Gaz, and I work probably like two or three shifts a week there, and I think I got cut to none, and I was fine with that. And somebody was like, you know, aren't you going to be mad you're not making the money here? 
and it's like look at erica like she's holding the bag for this entire place like the you know the electricity bills the food's coming in the liquor order your payroll all of these things so there's scale to the good part you know the success the profit whatever but there's scale to the, to the bad too you know it's that much worse when the you know the floor drops out from under you yeah totally and I mean, at the time, I, that's initially what I thought. I was like, crap, like, how do I pay everybody? Like, what? And I, I didn't want to lose people. Like, my most important thing was I need my people. I want my people to, like, be okay. I never thought about myself in the, initially until I didn't, I had no money either <laughs> and was like, crap. Like, you know, luckily my husband owns a business and, you know, that also took a hit too. But, um, luckily, you know, we had savings or whatever, but at the time everything was like frozen. And, but the only thing I cared about was like, I don't want to lose my people and I don't want them to feel like they're out of everything, you know? And, you know, so there was some situations where I called employees and I said, you know, you should collect, go apply. And, you know, the funny thing is, is they were all like, is that going to, you know, mess you up? I'm like, no. That's not going to mess me up. I want you to be okay. Like, I don't, I want you guys to make it through this. And well, and I just, I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to say, like, on the backside of that, based on a conversation you and I had, you know, I'm sure that your other employees don't know this, but you're saying how they're worried about messing you up. And a conversation that you and I had when we were trying to figure out, you know, loans and whatever we could get grants or anything. And I said, well, how will you pay people when I think it was like originally eight weeks? for the PPP loan or whatever, how will you pay people? And you just said, well, I'll just pay them out of my, out of my savings. I'll have to take the money out. And that was like without a question. So that kind of just shows where you're thinking on your side and where they're thinking on their side because of the relationship you have with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so during COVID, like as you mentioned, you were definitely on the more strict side of things. I think some other restaurants were a little bit looser. I think there was a lot of uh, anger or some, some people would come in, I guess, who would, oh, you know, we just ate at such and such a restaurant and they didn't make us follow this rule. But mm -hmm. what is that like from your side of things when, you're, when it's your business and you're really the one taking the risk? I mean, we made a, I guess we made an agreement in the beginning to just follow all the rules. And we were very strict. But I don't regret that. I also got a lot of wrath from customers because of it. I mean, day one, um, I actually forgot to tell a family to put their mask on. And another customer uh, wrote a review right away on Google saying that we need to get our crap together because we don't know what we're doing. And it was like at that moment where I was like, okay, you know what? I just sat a family because they forgot their mask. It was day one of wearing a mask because, one, we need the money. Two, I think they understand. They just didn't get it. And, you know, they can have a – we didn't have enough masks at the time to provide them one. But that's when the next day I ordered a bunch of masks and said, okay, you don't have a mask. It's a dollar for a mask. But, like, things like that, like – just signaled to me like, wow, this business could go down the tubes if we do one thing wrong, somebody will review this or somebody will make our social media go down. So let's just do it right because more people will follow the rules. 
And um, doing that, I feel like at the end of it helped us. But through it was pretty rough. There was a lot of nasty things that were said from some customers. And, you know, the real thing is, is that we didn't make the rules. We right. were told to follow them. And so we were doing our part by following what the state had told us to do. And I feel like we did an excellent job at, at doing that. And I think, you know, like you said, looking at it, you think it was the right decision, you know, based on some other conversations you and I have had numbers wise, if you look at COVID as a whole, it was not as, uh, you know, obviously you took a hit, um, but I think you hung on pretty good basically. And I think a lot of people went to the restaurant instead of other places because they felt safer because they felt more comfortable. So, you know, it was rough during the time, but looking back numbers wise, obviously people chose. Yeah. And with that, we got a lot of positive reviews too. And we got a lot of people that said, wow, you guys, you know, are doing a great job. You know, thank you for following all the protocol. And like, that was huge too. Um, but most importantly for us is like, I, we want to keep the customer safe, but we want to keep ourselves safe too. And that's the most important. And, you know, for the most part, we had a very healthy staff during the time. We had a lot of, I guess, healthy customers, but we had a lot of supportive customers and we gained a lot of customers from this. And I feel like because we did, you know, word of mouth is everything. So if somebody went there and had a positive experience and felt safe there, they're probably going to tell their friends they felt safe there. They're going to tell their friends. And I feel like that only helped us, you know, do better. Most definitely. And, you know, going back, you said, you know, your dad gave you a loan for the money. You know, people look at that, I think, and there's like, oh, must be nice. But y your dad was a very successful businessman. Um, he built up his business and ended up selling it and was obviously in a fortunate enough position to do that. But what else did he give you that I, I think in some ways are probably as important or more important than that? Um, my dad owned a business for like many years, but started from the bottom. He worked for my grandfather um, and he worked pretty much like every day of his life. Even when I was, you know, even in, when he was about to retire, you know, if he was supposed to work Monday through Friday, he was there Monday through Friday and he was there at 7.30 a.m. every day. Um, but he developed relationships with everybody, just like with employees, with vendors, with um, other customers, everybody, you know, everybody lo loves him. He has like a heart of gold. He's personal, personable, sorry. And he's just like a fun time. Everybody wants to be around him because he's fun and he's happy and he's always excited to see you. And I, I guess like growing up, I always like, I just wanted to, to do that. I wanted to be that person. And even back in the day, I was like, I want to take over your business. And he owned a machine shop and he thought it was laughable. Like, no, you don't want to do that. And I said, yeah, I do. I, I will learn what to do. Like, I see how like happy or, like it made you and how you grew. And I want to do that. And I guess the end story is, is he said, I want to help you do whatever you want to do. You don't want to run a machine shop. And I, and now I look back and he was right because what I'm doing now, I love. I don't consider it work. I love everything about it. You know, there is some nights where you're 
pulling your hair out, but I, I wake up the next day still wanting to go back. Like it's not, it's not a job where I ever want to leave. And I feel like a lot of that was due to watching him succeed and watching him be so positive about everything. And, you know, similar to me, like we have, we have very similar personalities. Like he would get, you know, worked out about something so small and then be fine. And, you know, that happens to me sometimes too, like the ice machine breaks and, you know, I lose my mind, but it's fixed in, you know, three hours and then all is well. And he, similarly, we have a lot of the same characteristics, but I really wouldn't have known anything close to that without watching him like go through the motions and be that person. And I really owe a lot to him because, you know, he was, I don't know, he's just like a great person to talk to his employees still that his, like he's retired, his employees that he had still call him. They ask him to go to lunch. They meet up with him at Casbar, which is great for me, but they like, they still have connections and relationships with him. And like, that's my end goal too. Like, I'm not just doing this for, you know, like this is my five to 10 year plan. This is my, like, this is my life. Like I, I want to have connections with these people. I want to know where you end up. I want to know, you know, I want you to come back and be like, Hey, you know, I just opened my own business and I want to be proud of you. Like I, that's my goal. And I think he probably gave you, you know, being a child, well, also a child of a business owner, it gives you an insight of that path to like, I could actually do this. Like I see my dad doing this and not just the good parts. Like when it's your dad, you see it all. So it's not this, like you see someone else who owns a business who's successful and you're like, I want to be like them. And then you find out like, maybe I don't, maybe I don't want to be the one who can't sleep at 3 a.m. because something's going on or I'm thinking of this or I'm worried about this and all the stress and all all the, everything that goes with it, the financial risk, um, you get the backside of it as did I. And, you know, my dad tried to push me away from that as basically hard as he possibly could. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I am back doing it. Uh, But I knew what I was getting into. And it just, you know, I I consider myself very fortunate to have that same role model and saying, like, you know, I can do this. And And business can be very complicated or people make it complicated, but it's, like, really very simple. It's like if you take good care of people, you provide a good product or service, you know, people are going to take good care of you. Yeah. And, you know, it's also like you watch it happen and it's almost like a internal challenge to yourself. Like, I want to do this. Like, I can do this. And you almost want to, you prove it to yourself, but you want to prove it to them too. Like, like, like watch me go. And it's like the best feeling in the world when it works. And, and it's like, you know, like people come into Gasbar and they think my dad owns it. Like, oh, Mike does this. And, you know, and he'll tell you to your face, like, I never worked here ever, you know. He, he did work in the beginning. He helped us paint the walls, you know. But, like, if I didn't care, I would, like, I wouldn't be here. Like, I, I put the work in. I'm up all night thinking about, you know, so many things um, that you don't want to hear. But, like, a lot goes into it. But I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want to work for anybody else. And it's great. I feel like it's great. And 
I, I owe a lot to him and my mom too. I don't want to leave her out. Um, but she was a great supporter through the whole thing too. And, um, she was a great supporter of my dad too. And just, you know, was basically lived her whole life with him going through his struggle of owning a business. And now leads to me and leads to my brother and, you know, being a rock for we're everyone. All a little crazy. Yeah. She, but we all go back to mom all the time and thank God for her. Yeah. And now you, you obviously you just mentioned it, you know, you're kind of surrounded by entrepreneurs, you know, your father, yourself, your brother, I don't know if you want to mention his business. Yeah. He, uh, opened a big, like, it's like a kind of sports bar in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Um, it's probably double the size of Gasbar. Um, enormous, but literally packs the place. Um, very, very successful. Um, really proud of him. And it's really cool to be his like mentor through it too, because I've been there now. Um, so we talk a lot on, you know, you know, all the questions that nobody would even know if I mentioned them right now, they'd be like, what are you talking about? But um, we talk often about stuff and it's, I don't know, it's a really cool feeling to be like, oh, this happened to me before, like do this or try this or, you know, and his concept's a little different. So a lot of times he's like, that's not for me. That's, you know, but even if it's not your concept, you can take bits and pieces from something someone says and apply it to your situation. And sometimes things will get better. And I feel like that's happened a lot. And, um, I'm just really proud to be you know I'm proud of him because where he's at is a lot there's a lot more people than here um he didn't have the regular base he didn't have the you know Jimmy and Johnny and you know their siblings and their brother's sister that knows your dad mom and you you know they don't have the connections down there um but they still are thriving so it's good and then your husband has a business. So what's that dynamic like, you know, two business owners that are married to each other? I think I hear a lot of people I know that are business owners and their significant other is not, you know, there's like a lack of understanding to a degree. Yeah. So we, we have a very good understanding of each other, but sometimes it gets in the way because um, although his business runs Monday through Friday, you know, mine's seven days a week. So sometimes it gets a little aggravating, you know, when something comes up on a weekend and we're trying to do something. Um, but it's, it's chaos. Like I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it's chaos because, you know, he has a lot going on on his end and I might have a lot going on on my end, but we've made a very good decision to not kind of let work get in our way. So we don't necessarily talk about work a lot. Um, we might do it on our own time. We don't do it in front of our kids. We kind of just, you know, here and there, because it's very hard to get a word in when you have toddlers, they like to talk over you. So a lot of times we kind of miss out on maybe a major thing that might be happening in one of our businesses, but we catch up on it. Like when we have time, um, I actually like am proud of us for how we handle it, but if you were an outsider looking in, you would probably be like, wow, what is happening here? Um, because a lot, a lot goes on, but I feel we manage it very well. And some days I like, don't know how we do it. I look back and I'm like, I don't really remember what just happened yesterday, but wow. 
but we made it. We're good. And, you know, besides managing your marriage, your relationship with him, you've got two lovely children, so you're also parents to boot on top of that. That must be a lot. Yeah, that actually is the hardest job of all of them. <laughs> um, being a parent is definitely the hardest thing. You don't want to tell your kid the wrong thing. You don't want to teach them. Um, you don't know how to teach them, but um, it's definitely the most difficult job I've ever had. Um, but I accept the challenge just like any other thing. Um, and it's really cool to watch because like my daughter sees me and she, she wants to be me already. I, I'm going to work at the gas bar, mom. And you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to be a baker when I get older and I'm going to work at the central cup, you know? And that's like cool to see. It's cool that they like see the, the whole concept, like, oh, I can do this or I want to do this. You know, they don't get that they have a lot of years before that happens, but still they're It's instilled in their brain. Like they want to work there. They want to go there. Just like you saw your dad. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's a cool, cool thing. Like, that's what you want to do, right? You want to show them the way. I think there's something honestly very, very special about that. Obviously, you know, I've got my own bias from my families, but I do, I really do think that that's very important. Um, now, you've utilized your business in other ways too. Uh, want to talk maybe a little bit about the 5K, how that got started and how it grew. Um, so we started a gas bar 5k when we first opened, um, mostly in honor of, uh, my aunt Marianne. She actually was a manager at gas bar for about one or two years. Um, she had a battle with breast cancer. Um, she beat it and she's been clear for, I don't know, like seven years now. Um, maybe more, but we used to do the Susan G. Komen, um, three day walk um, in honor. And honestly, like nothing against that, but we used to wonder like, where did all the money go? Cause you, ra we raised a lot of money. And so, um, looking back at it, we're like, why don't we do something internal, like, uh, citywide so we can get people, everyone we know involved because doing the three day is a lot like you're camping. You, you need to raise at least like, I don't even know. It's like two grand or even more to just walk. Like they don't let you walk unless you raise the money. And we didn't think that was fair to everyone because, you know, other people have advantages on raising money versus others. So when I opened Gas Bar, we were like, perfect. We can actually do our own walk. We could do our own race. We could, you know. So we started doing that at first with a, uh, a company. And then we found um, this place called The Healing Garden out of, oh, I'm going to forget, but it's towards Boston, Acton. And they um, actually are a nonprofit. And at times during Marianne's treatment, she would go there um, and they do like all sorts of like healing stuff. There's like gardens, they do like massages and whatever you would need to get through your treatment. Um, and we partnered with them and figured out that we could raise the money and give it all to them and it would go to actual people um, going through any type of cancer. Um, and that was our end goal because in some other, um, situations, you don't know where the money goes. And like, that was our main thing. We just want to know that it's helping somebody, a family, a person. So, um, we found the healing center and we, um, started working with them for like two years so far. Um, and unfortunately last year we had to cancel due to COVID, but, um, I believe we're going to be doing it again this year, but we went from 
in the way beginning raising, say, like twelve to $1,500 to now uh, the last one was around 17000 So clearly um, we've had a following. Even during COVID, we had people calling saying, are you going to do the 5K? And <laughs> we didn't know how. We're like, you can do it. But, you know, and people asked about the virtual thing and the whole, the point of it is, is that it's a community coming together. And like, that's what we want. We don't want to shy people away from coming to celebrate like this money that we raised and everybody doing something together. So, um, we're really hoping this year to like be back on track and get, you know, even more people than we ever got before. Um, which I think may happen. Um, but we always do that the Sunday of Columbus day weekend. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think similar to both of your businesses, you start off in the beginning kind of fumbling, not knowing what you're doing, and then you start to get some traction, and then it builds, and then you're able to make, you know, a, a serious impact on people that are in need or in your community. And, you know, this just popped into my head while you were talking about that. And we, when we were first thinking about doing this, we found the statistic that I think, I think it's like 70 cents for every dollar you spend goes back into your community so it, it's nice to be able to like support a local business or support you know a charity and see where that money goes and actually follow it and say okay we're, act we're helping people here we're making a difference yeah and since we've made that like change we've had I mean one year we had a team of a hundred people you know because um, somebody was going through treatment and like that whole family and friends like signed up to do um the race in honor of this person and it was like crazy like they all made shirts and they took this huge picture and like a hundred people came to do the Gasbar 5k we were like wow like that's awesome and you know every year it seems like we get like something more or we're getting more money raised and just more community involvement and that's that's the goal and um I don't think we'll ever stop doing it, honestly. It's it's one of those days where the restaurant doesn't necessarily make any money because we put out the food. We give out, like, free food. We give out a lot of promo drinks and whatever. But it's, like, the best day because you see everybody come together. You see so many groups of people. You see, like, so much mingling and people meeting each other. And, like, that's what it's all about. So, like, money, you can't put a price on something like that. Right, right. And with all these irons in the fire, you know, what do you do for yourself, like, just for you? Um, well, I get up at 4.30 every morning, and I go to the gym, and I work out, and that's my time, and I thoroughly enjoy it. And everybody says I'm crazy because I get up so early, but, like, once you do it, you do it, and you just – you stick to it and I don't I don't even have to set an alarm at this point I just get up um and after, other than that I love to cook I do cook I do cook good it's not what I hear but cook. Uh, I'm telling you I can cook um so I cook and you know I hang out with the family after work but I make sure like my time is before everybody's awake because it's very hard to thoroughly enjoy your time when you're interrupted sometimes by others and mostly my kids. But um, I love my morning time, my morning routine. And um, I don't know. And then other than that, you know, go out to dinner every once in a while. 
I like golfing. Um, I used to golf a lot more, um, but I'm trying to get back into it. Um, I enjoy it though. And I don't know, I love activities. So yeah. Now when you, you're saying you go out to dinner, when you go to another restaurant, like how does your position, I guess, in the restaurant industry, your experience, how does that like affect your experience at other places? Do you look at it as like, this is competition or how do you kind of view that, especially locally? Oh yeah. No, I never look at it as competition. I, I feel like everybody in this town is like, like we're shared business. We're not competition. Like we want more business in the area. We want everyone to be busy. Uh, the more people here, the more busy we all are, the more money we all make. I feel like, you know, looking at it as competition only hurts us. And I enjoy going to other places only just because it gives you a little break or to see what other people are doing. Not necessarily meaning like, oh, I'm going to steal that idea, but like everybody has their own thing. You know, like Gasbar has their like relaxing atmosphere and the TVs and the, you know, background music or whatever. You know, other places might have their thing. We have our staff that people come and see. We have we have a lot of things like and other restaurants have their thing. And I like that and I like to go experience them all. But mostly like I like to just support other businesses because I feel like they we all support each other in this. And if we don't, then I guess we have a problem. But I believe that we all should support one another. And I see that a lot. I see a lot of other business owners locally, like they come into Gasbar or, you know, we see each other out and everyone's friendly with each other or, hey, uh, we're out of wraps. Do you have wraps we can borrow? Do you have this we can borrow? And like, that's awesome. Like, I love that. Like without that, what would we do? We're, you know, some things you can only get from a distributor and, you know, oh, we ran out of Coors Light. Can we borrow a case? Can we get two cases? And then we'll, you know, and that's awesome that we can all do that and like work with one another on that. And I think that that's like hugely important to, you know, stay successful. Definitely a community, you know, caring for other people and helping everyone, you know, a rising tide yeah. lifts all ships. Um, with everything you've got going on, the success that you've had, if you look at maybe someone who's starting out their journey or in the middle of it and is a little bit lost, what are some things that you do in your own life or something actionable that somebody else could do you know, to help get them to the next level? I think that um, I just like encourage everybody to just do it, like take the step, find, you know, if money's an issue, like find investors or, you know, set out a plan. Maybe if you can't, you know, start up a shop right away, then you know, do something online, like do something to get yourself out there. Like, like life's too short. Take the chance, take the risk. The worst that can happen is you fail, but you, not that you fail. It's that you would never know if you didn't try. And I think more people are too scared to take the jump than they would be if they were actually in it. You know, like, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. There's times where you're, it sucks, but the end result is that you're working for yourself. You're doing this for you. You're doing this for your family, your well-being, your your livelihood, and like that's that's what you want. And just you have to put the work in. And I think that everybody should do it. <laughs> like I don't think anybody should delay the process. Like do it now. Do it while you're young. You know, you have the energy now. You have 
not much holding you back. And most people will say, well, I don't have the money. But you can find the money. You can, anyone can find the money. It's just how bad do you want it? Right. Yeah. Well, I think honestly, that's a perfect place to leave it. So yeah, this, this was great. Thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me. I appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait to get this out there for everyone else to listen to. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Erica. Thank you for tuning in with us. We do this to share the stories of some of the incredible individuals in your community. All we ask in return is if you found value from this episode, please share it with someone else who may also gain value from the show. Please feel free to rate or review the show. Your feedback helps us give you more of what you want. Until next time, I'm Tim Lanza, and this was another Local Legacy.